This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. 30 years ago, Tim Berners-Lee invented the World Wide Web. In 2010, astronaut T.J. Creamer posted the first unassisted update to his Twitter account from the International Space Station. And now, you get to hear this trash, thanks to the magic of the Internet. Hashtag progress. This is Funny People Talking. Hi, I'm Yannick Silver, founder of Maverick 1000 and the creator of the Cosmic Journal, and I would rather scuba dive in tepid water that is filled with oil and vinegar in a hurricane than listen to funny people talking. Hi, this is Matt Kazam, CEO of They Left You Win and humor scientist, and I'd rather get an enema with a pineapple than listen to funny people talking. Hello, everybody. You never know what kind of beginning we will have or what accent we will have. This is not even something that exists on Earth. It's some sort of, like, you know, Catherine... Avelian. It's alien, yes. I don't know what I'm doing, Danielle. Do you know what I'm doing? Did I just turn on the right podcast? I'm trying to find funny people talking. <laughs> this is funny people talking. <laughs> oh, it is. Hey, I'm Mark oh, Rako. I'm one of your God. hosts, and with me, Danielle Beckman. Hi, everyone. Hey, everybody. Did... Boy, we almost fooled you. <laughs> I know. I feel like that no. was the German alien I don't know what it was. Swiss no, no, the German alien. Show. Behavior... <laughs> I thought he was having a stroke. <laughs> Take me to your leader. <laughs> All of the things. Yeah, I was having a stroke. That's Thanks right. for the warm welcome, Mark. No. I'm speaking on behalf Always. of the listeners. Are you? Okay. I don't know if that was warm or wet. We hope you're so, still with us. That's right. Uh, not with us today is our producer, Elsie. Sorry, Elsie's tending to some personal business. We miss you, Elsie, and we'll see you again soon. Hashtag love you, Elsie. Uh, that's right. But all there are, in place of Elsie, yes. as if you could do that, there are two people. With us is Yannick Silver. He is a successful entrepreneur who's built a network of other entrepreneurs to help them grow their businesses. And also with us is Mr. Matt Kazam. Wow. That is a name yes. I need. Is that your real mm -hmm. name, Matt? No, it's my real name is Alakazam, but every time they announce me, shit would Are appear. you for so, real? No. 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 <laughs> you remember, this is he's, funny people talking. He's yeah. been doing this a long you know? time. He's got something for everything. Gonna pull the it's wall a, over we, my eyes. We don't really, we, we'll find out he's actually a dolphin, yeah. but he's been posing as a man because it's a That's joke. It. Um, <laughs> so, all kidding aside, uh, welcome to the show. Thank it's great so to much. have you Thanks here. So, so you may ask yourself, well, we have Yannick and we have Matt. Why? And the reason is because last night I got a chance to see a really cool show at Caroline's on Broadway, one of the yuck, premier yuck, yuck. destinations to perform stand-up in the U.S. Yes. And it just so happened they had a really cool show called, I believe it's Maverick on Broadway or Maverick well, on Broadway? Well, it was uh, the, it's an entrepreneur CEO stand-up challenge. Okay. But – we this time we did Yannick has a group called Maverick One Thousand, right? And everyone in the group was Mavericks, so we did. There you go. Mavericks take Manhattan. There you go. Oh, that's oh, almost, like the, okay, so almost like, right. the almost exactly. like the Muppets. Almost like the Muppets. Almost like the Muppets. We have a Kermit the Frog shirt yeah. in yeah. the studio. Ironically, I have more about the Muppets in a second. Mm -hmm. Strange, strange enough. Uh, strange that's enough. your guy. So, um, so uh, Yannick performed. Yet again, yeah. stand-up comedy as the veteran performer of the group other than Matt. And this was your 13th time? <laughs> no, it was <laughs> almost like a 13-year reunion. I haven't oh. done stand-up oh. in 13 years. Oh, yeah. That's funny because on Saturday I did stand-up for the first time after six years. And, it was, yeah. and for you to not do stand-up in many years yeah. – and then go to a 15-minute set <laughs> yeah. at Caroline's on Broadway. I think the thing that I want to say, are you crazy? Yeah, well, wow. I always knew I wanted to get back into it. And uh, I did a six-minute set at Improv. How yeah. Like 
Yeah, that Something was like, like five, that. six minutes. Yeah. Years ago. And he had only and, done it one time. So he did it one time with a 13-year hiatus. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. But then I had a lot of new material. Yeah, yeah. You did, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you. They were uh, Yannick was part of uh, one of seven people who performed last night along with Matt, who emceed, yep. uh, served as MC. So, you know, of course, they felt that connective tissue to him being a part of the show also. So that was uh, really cool. Matt's the one who has instructed and coached them to get to this point it's really quite an accomplishment matt and you know this to to do a 15 minute set to do it at a place like caroline's and to do it in front of uh, a number some friendly crowd but a lot of strangers yeah and uh that is that's a lot of pressure and it's quite an accomplishment to build a 15 minute set and then to deliver it especially because really few or none of the people who performed have been going doing the rounds doing open mics or practicing the material in front of no. people and <laughs> in fact no. your instruction wasn't even in the same place these these this was all done virtually, virtually the yeah. magic of 21st century technology yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 then to come from that virtual world and then show up and perform my god yeah. incredible so congratulations to you both Thank and you. so we're going to talk a little bit about that and and what you do but first i have a question for danielle what do you need to know mark i noticed you know yannick has a come with the frog shirt on yeah i noticed you came in with a puppet on each arm yeah and and i've never seen those puppets before but they're very interesting looking Mm -hmm. can you tell us about one why you have puppets on your arm two why those puppets and three who are they well this is petunia Okay. Hi, Mark. Hey, <laughs> and this is Elsie. Hi, Mark. Oh, hey, Elsie does yeah. have an appearance today. Yeah, <laughs> she brought her best friend. Here's the thing. That's a perfect imitation of our actual producer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do I have to give? Okay, this is top secret information, but okay. I'm going to say it live on the air now to okay. everyone. So my fiance loves puppets with all his heart so there's there's this whole thing where we're trying is it possible former fiance after he hears that you've no, talked about this no we have a we have a, a a live stream video studio that we have together in brooklyn and we want to create a web series slash with puppets short film yeah with puppets he doesn't know i've been practicing on mm. the side so and there might be a christmas present Anyway, all this to say, but when is this airing? I'll just have him not listen to this episode. So I decided to bring uh, my puppets, but these are dang expensive. The Elsie one was more for all the the mad wrinkle lines in her face. (laughs) I'm sure she'll love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, her cat's name is none of your business. So she asked for it. That's right. She has a purse. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking of asking um, the the puppeteer, the the seamstress who made my puppets to make a little cat. That's cool. To go, yeah. But she doesn't get it. It's my puppet. Oh, yeah. It's weird having her look at me at night, though, so I might. Do you know what I would love when Elsie's here for you to bring the Elsie puppet in and we can just do Elsie versus Elsie? It'll be great. I'll have Elsie puppet. I'll bring, I always have my terrarium, the ghost of my turtle buster. It's going to be great. You would love Elsie. She is the absolute epitome of deadpan. Yeah. Like, I don't even think she's trying to be funny, but we howl. There's just something yeah, about her. Yeah, she's not trying to be funny. Yeah. Will you say yeah. she's Which so is, funny. I'm sure, yes. the yeah. comedy yeah. thing. Exactly. That's like my dad. There you go. I love it. Anyway, Elsie so, is like Yannick's dad. That's right. It's I've maybe never not heard a Russian anything. Immigrant, so I, yeah, I don't okay. Know. We'll pass that along. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Thank you very much for that. Do you have a nerd tip for us? I today? have a quick nerd trivia. A nerd trivia. This is the nerd Ooh. segment. Nice. Just, the... just the tip. Nerd tip. That's a slogan. We we have in a, post. We add it in post. Yeah, we have a, we have a, a jingle that we seem to sing live every time. So go ahead. But I like it. Okay. Just the tip. Nerd tip. Ooh. Mark, this is mainly for you, but are any of you Trekkies in the room? Sure. Okay, why not? It depends which one, though. Um, We're talking Next William Shatner. Original. Original. Yeah, sure. So, the tubes that line the Enterprise hallways in Star Trek, yes. like on the side, you know, uh-huh. they have a label GNDN on all of them. So, like, mm-hmm. on an example, there's like a close up on one of them. It was GNDN435. Those letters are an acronym for something, but they weren't meant to seen by a television audience. Does anyone know what the GNDN 
like serial number code on those tubes stands for. G N D N. Mm hmm. Huh. This this like really got me excited. Gene yeah. something with Gene right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is Gene something. Oh, that's Gene. a good idea. No. no, that's a good idea, but no, but no. <laughs> no. God does it have to do with God? No. no. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Goes nowhere, does nothing. <laughs> that's good. I love it. I love it. It's funny because most of the things that are are pieces of the uh, of the set of the Enterprise, they're named after the, you know, the set the set creator or yes, the, exactly. someone's wife or so, friend or, or the writer. Or, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And so it's like goes goes nowhere, does nothing. Three five six is, is the name of this hallway. I love that. Uh, By the way, I, I think any nerd listening to this probably already knew that. I hope so. I hope so. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Danielle. Um, of course. You know, I don't really want to go nowhere and do nothing. So, therefore, we have to do what? Start the show, Mom. Yeah. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City, and from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako. Danielle Beckman and Elsie. All right, it's funny people talking as you well damn know. And, Ooh, uh, and sassy, we're here spicy. with Yannick Silver and Matt Kazam and more on them in a moment. But first, so uh, Yannick has, a, as we mentioned, a uh, Kermit the Frog here uh, T-shirt on, and uh, we were just talking puppets, and we were talking Star Trek, and all oh. of this is serendipitous in that yesterday I had a private tour of the Museum of Moving Image in Ooh. Astoria, New York. Have either one of you ever been there, or no. do you know this place? All right. So either if you have time while you're still in New York, or definitely the next time you come to New York, this should be one of your destinations. They have an incredible semi-permanent Jim Henson exhibit. Oh, nice. That you must see. Wow. It's extensive. It covers everything from the Muppets to his early career to the Dark Crystal to um, all of his many – Sesame Street. He's Sesame done, Street. He's and then all his early like, commercial work. And, it's uh, all there. Yeah. It's incredible. They have a lot of other stuff here that's really cool. But they also have an extensive collection – of Star Trek and Star Wars collectibles that <laughs> face each other, and I, I it, it's like it's like this little uh, like a, like a little uh, Roman uh, amphitheater in a way. And it's like it's like all of the Star Trek stuff is in these cases in a semicircle, facing all the Star Wars stuff in a semicircle. And I thought it was really funny because I said to them, I said, "This is literally probably the only place in the world in which there is a because you know many science fiction fans in the past have asked if there can ever be a Star Trek versus Star Wars mm -hmm. mashup, you know, they're, they're uninformed of the... I will tell you that when I was probably about eight years old, I wrote a letter to our local NBC affiliate that I still have and suggested yeah. a, a Star Trek and it might have been Star Wars, but it might have been Space 1999. I can't remember. But a a, a a great idea to bring these two shows together. And they wrote – because at the time, this was true, They um, the Star Trek had not been produced since the, the late 60s. Mm -hmm. and this was before the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the first movie came out. Um, and mm. – uh, and I was so disappointed at that reality that that was just not What did they say in the letter? No, little boy. Your dreams are crushed? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Pretty much. Um, in the nicest of ways. I mean, that's probably better than what I did, Mark. When, I mean, I, I love parodies. And as a kid in fifth grade, I got in trouble. I would create these parodies like Cracked in Star Wars. But there were pictures of female anatomy and male anatomy drawn out as the characters oh. having the dialogue together as – whatever oh and God. and then i got sent to the principal's office for that and tried to erase it on the way up so you had a much better uh way of uh, expressing your fandom i guess i could have never seen that coming i didn't see that coming when i was that age i wrote to nabisco because i wanted more triscuits like i don't know where you guys are i'm like i'm all about fan fiction i guess i just wanted right? i wanted crackers wow. i thought you were gonna suggest that uh 
for the nerds out there, the, the impossibility that, you know, Star Trek and right, the Star Wars... Right, realities could, and yeah, dimensions. The, but the, the fact that they have a talking Bigfoot that can fly a spaceship, you know, that's possible. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. You know, that, that's well, but wait, isn't it franchise copyright stuff, though? Like, the properties can't oh, yeah. well, together. You, well, they can I'm if sure they decide to do a deal. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Disney's yeah. going to own it all, so... Well, yeah, yeah, right. no, I mean, Disney owns Star Wars now. Yeah, I mean, right. pretty much yeah. shows anything's possible. But but anyway, so this Museum of Moving Image, I... This make it a, a part tip. of your of your New York adventure if you can. I promise it is a worthwhile afternoon. It's just incredible the stuff that's in there. Yannick's already changed his flight. I'm telling Done. you that Tell that guy right. He I can see an erection right now. Just <laughs> I mean, I have a half chub. Come on, man. <laughs> don't uh, don't yeah, oversell no. it. The second he said puppets, you had a half chub. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do love puppets. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Puppets he gets can do gifted or say at anything. all of his events. He gets <laughs> gifted puppets. It's, I mean, uh, he is a puppet. He is a puppet guy. Very interesting. Yeah, I like I like the puppets. So let, let's talk about this cool event uh, last night and kind of how the journey to it being. So, Yannick, how how did you first come to uh, meet Matt and this specific event, which was not only an opportunity for seven accomplished entrepreneurs to go through a journey of creating a set and then performing at Caroline's on Broadway, but it was also a chance uh, to be a part of raising money for a nonprofit. What's the name of the nonprofit again? Beyond the Reef. Beyond the Reef, which is helps to create artificial reefs and uh, teach indigenous children to uh, of that area to swim, uh, which helps them appreciate the importance uh, of they learn to explore the the, the waters and and why it's important for conservation and and helping the planet yeah. as a really noble cause. So, how did those things come together? And how did you get involved, uh, Matt, with this? And uh, I mean, I took the, I took one of Matt's classes one at of the, the first Improv ones? in DC. I just thought that would be oh. a fun thing to do, and uh, it's a stand-up comedy class. And I'm like, that just seems like it was just sort of a lark. It was a lark, yeah. But I, you know, I don't really believe in accidents, so that it turned out to be something really special. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't know how many kids people you had in that class forty. I, I, Whatever it was, it, it, it was much different experience. 35. I had to put twenty four people in the class because it was a class that only paid they paid three hundred bucks to get in, and I only got half of it. Mm -hmm. So in order to make money, I had to teach twenty four people wow. to do an each did five minutes. The Oscars is shorter than those graduation shows, <laughs> and um, oh. and if you went in the second half, you were screwed. You yeah, know? no and, one and, was. You know, everyone was checked out. Oh my out. gosh! Yeah, just and you know it was a fun experience, and they they learned something, yeah. and they got to take a class. But uh, I still have mine know, on. YouTube or part of it. I know. It got I know. a little dirtier, so I didn't you know, put in the whole yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. But uh... but but he opened my eyes to what again what we were talking about earlier, which is uh, at that time Yannick has always had some vision that entrepreneurs were now going to need a new set of skills to take on this new world. Now the yeah. internet had just come on. Mm. Um, there was no such thing as Facebook, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I originally taught this at the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian, I was actually opening up for Michael Bublé, and the Smithsonian came to me just coincidentally and said, we've been getting a lot of requests from our fellows because it's the Smithsonian, they have fellows. Mm -hmm. um, people who didn't want to be comedians, but they wanted to learn the science of humor and, 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 and public speaking, and, and uh, would you come teach a class? Now, it's the Smithsonian Institute. Yeah. It's one thing to teach it at the Chuckle Hut down the street. Yeah. It's another thing. Bill Clinton was lecturing across the, the hall from me at this time. Wow. So, so, so it was kind of deal. a combination, excuse me, it was yeah. kind of a combination of absolutely mixed with you know you're talking to me, right? <laughs> yeah. And they had come. That was the great thing about doing stand-up in D.C. is that, you know, people would come in and, and the Smithsonian was right up the street. So they had seen me perform. But didn't know if I could teach a class and I hadn't teach and taught a class. So, but I knew that this was, I was onto something here. So I told Michael Bublé and he wasn't Michael Bublé then. He was just wow. some Canadian cool. And I knew he was going to be a huge star and, and I loved opening up for him, but I knew that this was going to be my future at some point in my life. So let me go teach at the Smithsonian. Then I had to create the class. And then I literally go, I can't just create a comedy class. I have to create the greatest comedy class that has ever existed because I'm not going to be teaching people who want to be comedians. So the people who eventually took my comedy class had kind of predisposition. Like eventually I ran out of people who had actual talent for this. And then I was teaching <laughs> just their friends and then three standard deviations away. 
But I realized I'm curious where the, I fit in that. The lawyers, that, that well, maybe one, one or two standard deviations away. No, you were one of the early ones, you know. Um, but those people, you know, were the funniest ones. I go, you, you, you know, you don't have to be that's the funniest guy on earth. You just have to be the funniest one in your group. And then I was getting those people. But then we ran out of those people. So, but the ones who took the Smithsonian class were judges, lawyers, doctors. You oh, know, wow. I mean, these kind of people. Uh, but I, I knew that they I had... I sentenced you to five years. Wacka, wacka. Yeah. But I knew they had an aptitude for learning. And if I mm-hmm. actually figured out the science of this, yes. because the one thing I always knew, and you probably know this too, most comedians painfully shy. Most oh. comedians, I mean, if you most met Chris comedians Rock, are messed you know, up. Oh, I met broken him. in an amazing way. But he if you ate met, yeah, soft shell crab you know. with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. But, he, you know, really <laughs> shy. Soft shell crabs are yeah. delicious. Well, it was at the restaurant I worked at. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, I understand. So, so, and I realized I, you know, I can't even ride in an elevator because my social anxiety is so bad if people are in there. But I did a show at halftime of a Houston Texans game for 70,000 people. Right. There you go. So I could, so there was skill set here that I could you know, build on. And then so I broke down the process and created the three rings of stand-up comedy, which are the public speaking ring, performing ring, and the material ring, and then broke out each process of that. And then once I was done, I I realized I created a program where I could teach anyone how to do stand-up comedy for at least five minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that that 15 over here. Well, now, you know, 13 years later... Uh, I realized that there's not much growth, you know, and and yeah. and that I wouldn't be able to, you know, scale it to the level I wanted to at 300 bucks a pop, you know, yeah. um, that I had to turn it in. Then, then all of a sudden, TED Talks came out, and I go, mm-hmm. you know what, the 12 to 15 minute spot is it's it's enough where we can learn things like callbacks and we can actually right. do long form right. stand up, which is what I learned to get my show in Vegas, where everything it's one continuous piece of material. Yeah. You know, everything leads so we don't have segues. Well speaking of, you know, um yeah. you know, it uh everything leads into the next. And then, you know, the reason they take it, one, to get over their fear, but their engagement level. I coach entrepreneurs for a living now. But and they'll listen, mm-hmm. but for their own self-preservation, when they know twelve to fifteen minutes of stand-up <laughs> yeah. is waiting for them, they listen to every fucking word. Yes. And as a teacher, that's the best you can hope yeah. for. So I have people with an aptitude for learning. Successful people find a way to mm-hmm. succeed in real science, and and to watch it play out now seventy times. Yeah. I've done this entrepreneur CEO. I, yeah. Question challenge. for you about an observation from last night. And I want to be very clear. I want to make very sure that you can understand and appreciate. This is by no means. Like a criticism. Yeah, it's sure. a question. I'll leave fucking right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. No, <laughs> no I'll get inside. Yeah. Let me start with this. And this isn't to like put the positive, then the negative. Sure, I, no, I want to give context. It is, it is something just shy of a miracle to take people that you've only been working with virtually. Yeah. And then not only put them in front of an audience – Performing live for the first time in most cases and in that environment, lights on you, pressures on you. They know people paid to be in there, all this sort of stuff. And it's 15 freaking minutes of material, which is very tough to remember. And they haven't tried any of this out at improv, you know, at uh, open mics and all this sort of stuff, right? Okay. So there's only so much training you can give them. There's, you know, they could go through this. Then you could circle back with, with part two of their training and say, now that you did this, we could polish it this way. Here's what you could have done. Here's how yeah. to grow. I understand there's another level. But one of the things that I, I saw that happened is they had created 15 minutes of material. And it wasn't always that it was – it just got better and better and better and better and better as you went through. It was like there were waves of like, here's a great joke, and then this one didn't quite hit, and a great joke, and then maybe you felt like you expected as stand-up comedians do. They they know to read the room. Mm. They know it's time to stop. Mm. This got the big laugh. I'm not doing my mm. last two jokes. Mm. I'm ending on a high. And there were several comedians, and this is, again, not a yep. criticism yep. of either you in the process or them. But there were several instances in which I thought I was like, you should have ended. That was a Absolutely. huge laugh. That was a, a huge callback. Yep. And all of a sudden there was still another three minutes of material yep. Yep. because it felt like, I I'm I'm I wrote the jokes I'm going to yeah. tell them, and as an audience <laughs> member, I felt like With they did themselves like a disservice. Absolutely. So, so my question is, how do you think about that? Being that that is such an important part of the stand-up comedy mm-hmm. execution, yeah. is reading that and knowing when to dive out, yeah, or knowing 
to have your, uh, okay, I finished my set. It didn't end, end well. Mm. I have a back pocket joke that I know to pull out. There's yep. a surefire laugh that isn't part of my set. Yep. But if I have to use it, I'll do it so I end on a high. Uh, but a pro would have that. Well, this is what I'm right. asking. Mm. So yeah. as part of your your instruction mm. to them mm. and your shaping in such a limited time, yeah. I, I totally get it. Yeah. What was your thinking about that? In 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 terms of setting the expectations for them, and was this even a part of what they should know? No, because none of them are going to do stand-up comedy again. They're going to take this content and put it into their keynotes, put it into their webinars, put it into their Facebooks. So the night of the show, for as much as I'd love for the audience to have a great time, I'm, I'm looking to capture as much content as I can and then cut that into little chunks. So gotcha. nobody's ever going to see... The 13, 15 They're going to see the big do. laughs and the big they're, moments. They're, only, the... they're not going to see when they went to their notes. But you know what? They're going to create content that is the most. Because you can tell people you cured cancer. But you tell them you're doing stand-up comedy. And now they want to know. You know, they, they're, they're engaged in a level because, you know, humor is such a part of who we are. Now, if you so, can only tell people yeah. you cured cancer in a stand-up uh, routine. Yeah. Now, I will <laughs> now tell you what talking. we did is for a learning thing. So we do kind of like a Monday morning quarterback recap of the video. So we get together and we watch the video again and we will explain. And what they do is I do tell them, and he, as Yannick will tell you, I do tell them over the course of teaching that you sh this is probably not going to work and this is where you should end it and you should cut. And I've cut people's grandmothers out of sets. They don't always listen. And it was everything to get them to this point that I have to pick my battles. They pay a lot of money, you know, yeah. for the experience. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, the audience is now if they wanted to be stand up comedians. Absolutely. I would give them savor jokes. I I do teach them, you know, when in doubt, be humble, throw yourself under the bus, buy yourself time while they're laughing. You're thinking about the next move. So I'm teaching about all that. But at the end of the day, you know the the value is not what happened in that room that night but what we captured on film because you know that that's what i'm looking looking for because yeah. with the beauty of editing yeah. i can make them all look like chris rock you I know hear, because there's it. enough in there i hope that answered your well, question so I'll give you a quick it was take a great answer yeah. Yeah. thank you so, so just a quick take on that is uh i even like this morning i was talking to uh, my cousin sophia who works with me and she was at the show and and she's like you should have ended on you know on this spot right like at the mm -hmm. end of it I'm like, yeah, that, that probably could have been good. Yeah. And I talked to you yeah, about this yeah. morning too. You're like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I, but you wanted to add that part because you wanted to do this piece. I'm like, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. And then so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again. And I also know that I can chunk it in different spots, like as Matt said, in different speeches or presentations yeah. or literally conversations with people, right? So I can add that yeah. little thing, and then I know that is the winner, and that works really well. And I can I can I can be yeah. like, yeah, that's that's where I'm ending. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that that Monday morning quarterback uh, instruction. Yeah. No, I'm just, I know. No, what I'm saying, but I mean, but I mean, like you know, um, to those moments where you're able to like look at the video of your performance and just mm -hmm. go, "Why did I keep going?" Like, yeah. like you, yeah. you would, you, you can see it in, in retrospect. Yeah. And, and we've talked like about that ahead of time, where I'm like. I'd much rather do, as you know from doing stand-up, I'd much rather do a tight 12 than a long 15. Right, of course, There's, of course. You know, but at the end, he's paying homage to his wife. I know it's not going to work, but I'm not cutting a beautiful <laughs> moment where he's paying <laughs> well, tribute to his wife well, out of his is, set. This is know, an interesting uh, you know, point you make, and we you don't know. often think about this. You know, arguably, stand-up can be art. Absolutely. And we we assume I'm supposed to make the audience laugh, and that's the gig. Yeah, but it's also art. So if if this is your way of paying homage to your wife or or telling a story, whether every moment is a big laugh or not, that's your approach. Yeah. Right, wrong, great, not to your your approach yeah. of doing that, and and hopefully most of it connects. But it's got to also be connected to the audience laughing because otherwise you're just it's like you know well, just I mean, doing it just yeah. for yourself. That's like, a decision. So you when when I and I gave you my yeah. first version of this oh sweet jesus uh, <laughs> because i had a, a message i wanted to put out about this great cosmic joke that we live in and it started with you know the how the universe was was created and the galaxies formed and merged together and then bacteria came here and they lit like it was like this whole setup of this and, and you're like 27 get... pages by the way of this <laughs> 
Well, we, manifesto. Well, the, Props for prep. Yeah, man, but the know? thing about that is is that it could be funny and it could be like exactly. it could be a five second joke because exactly. you press it down. But the reason that when you say it right now, it doesn't make me sit up in my seat is because it's not about you. I want to hear about your experience. And so if that's a thing that interests you yeah. in the storytelling of you, because the more specific, and we've said this on the show a lot, no, the more specific, the more universal. This, this is a very good point because, and, 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 and I mean this more to illustrate Daniel's point, not that it needs illustration, but okay. is is all the stuff that you talked about in your set, and this is going to be meaningless for mm. our listeners, but we're talking about mushrooms and, and trees and stuff like that. Fascinating. But it, I, I thought that it lacked... I'm not dissecting your stuff. No, I, I thought I thought it. it lacked me understanding that that was important to you. Like that was a reflection of the larger Yannick that we should all know exists. Like, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated with this and this and this and this, and this is how I run my life. Oh, and then here's this interesting factoid that has context. It sort of was like out of the blue and I, it took a while to sort of catch up with you, so so it's it's, it's interesting context because if I knew yourself. if I knew it was a extension of you, right? I would have yeah. I would have understood what Daniel was was talking about. It was still fun, and now refining for your next set. But right. was, my point is, it was still it's funny good. to me, but it would have been funny in a different way Absolutely. if it felt personal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like the fact I I understand now more hearing you talk about why they did fifteen minutes mm-hmm. because I did stand up for a full year in New York and then I just started booking people yeah, constantly. Yeah. I I love producing stand up more. I love acting sure. with people giving me words and me writing my own words. I can't do stand up anymore. Yeah, but all that to say. I had, by the time I was done after a year, I had a solid like five, six minutes. That's mm-hmm. it. Like mm-hmm. solid. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm done. We're good. So hearing that they did 15, I was like, oh my gosh. But now I understand the yeah. process yeah. that you were doing and what makes it unique and 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 what can grow from it. Like the keynotes and the... yeah. 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 So, and then learning the process, they now have the skill set. And this is another thing yeah. we do is I, I show them where they made real comic choices that are way above their pay grade. Yeah. Where they were controlling the moments, not letting the moments control them. Yeah. You can't, you can't experience that over a five minute set. You know. So let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. Um, you're no slouch, my man. You, so. You've been around the block as a comedian. You've performed had your own show in Vegas. Yes. Yeah. yeah and yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. you've been doing it for <laughs> years. Yeah, and, yeah. And, he and, said uh, it already. I know. <laughs> Time. He said it off microphone. You know. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, no, I mean, I came out of the womb being able to make people laugh. You know, I mean, my father was an insane. Both my brothers are lawyers. My sister's a teacher. I do this. My father was this insane comedy fan. He used to pay 2,000 year old records, 2,000 year old man records right. for me when I was in the womb. And um, and when other kids were out playing baseball, I was home listening to Red Fox and yeah. you know, and 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 I knew I wanted to be a comedian my whole life. You know, wow. And, uh, uh, at six years old, I'm getting paid to do it. I was working at mafia social clubs in the Bronx. Other kids were running numbers, bag men. I would sweep up there, make the mobsters laugh. They'd give me a buck here, quarter there. Wow. Then I'm doing parties. Ten years old, my parents take me to Vegas. <sighs> See my first show ever, Joan Rivers and Shecky Green at the Riviera. Knew right then that that's what I wanted to do in my life. Sorry, 35 years later, I got my own show in the same room. And I saw the show when that's I was 10. You want to talk about the chicken? That's crazy. why we got some goosebumps for yeah. that, Matt. That's that good. Two years later, they blow up the casino. But that's the part of the story you got to block out. but you got in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> no, thinking about you sweeping up as a six-year-old and, uh, and just like for my first, your first dead body, am I right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I, and I did. And I, it was a good gig until they firebombed the social club. True story. Oh, um, oh and, no. Uh, you, you there? No, no, no. exploded the casino and they firebombed the social club. I know. I know. And it's so funny when they blew up the casino because, you know, comedians are just, you know, pricks. And they, they, <laughs> they were all sending me a message. They go, listen, I've been fired before, but they never blew the son bitch up. Yeah. You know? yep. <laughs> but I forgot about that. It happened again. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So, so, how, so, yeah, I've been doing it a long time. So, so how did you transition from being a comedian, deciding that's what you wanted to do, writing your material, performing, and that's starting to catch fire? So, so yeah, literally. <laughs> um, to then starting to investigate and begin to actually understand the science behind how humor both both rises up and also connects with our neurology yeah. and and the way and how you can strategically harness that yeah. both in the design 
of jokes as well as how you can impact business or yeah. behavior. Yeah. How did that start to happen? So the, when they blew up my casino, they didn't actually blow it up to build another casino. They blew it up to build more convention space. So I started to hit me that, you know, Vegas wasn't even Vegas anymore. People come there for work. They're coming Truly, for these entrepreneurial, do. you know, conferences. And they're trade coming shows. for trade oh shows, God. and they're coming for all these things. And then I also, you know, you hear all the stats where they say people have no attention span anymore, and it literally is engage or die. Okay, so what engages people more than anything else? Humor. Of you know, course. As comedians, we don't think about it, but we think. I've gotten out of 21 speeding tickets in my life using the science that I teach them because you know what? The officer might not let me go, but if I can connect with Jim, you know, but what if you took that same skill set and applied it to sales or applied it to speaking, you know, um, humor. And I didn't know this at first, but I understood that yes, the outcomes were all there, but why does it happen? Because you know what? We're at our best as humans. Funny people talking. We're out of best as humans when we're making each other laugh. And then I go, you know what? Let me try to figure out the physiological, the, the neuroscience, how we're programmed as people. And you know what? It gains people's trust. It makes everything that entrepreneurs are trying to be more authentic, more genuine. You know, people only remember 10 to 20% of anything they hear over the mm -hmm. course of the day. You embed that message with humor, it goes up to 50 or 60%. You know, so I'm starting to learn all these things where I go, I'm wasting my time just, you know, telling jokes in a comedy club. You know, I can actually do, this is how to win friends and influence people. Mm -hmm. This is Dale Carnegie shit. This mm -hmm. is stuff, 100 years, I can get a sitcom, mm -hmm. nobody will know who I am in a year. Right. 100 years people could be talking about me because right. I actually figured out how to crack the code in a world where no one knows how to crack the code. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you break out and stand out and... and um so, you know, I got into that. And then because Yana took my class, we stayed in touch. And I, he, I, he'd thrown me different gigs here. I wrote and written two roasts of Richard Branson that he went and delivered. Oh, so I realized <laughs> that I so could write cool. the material and they could deliver it, you know. And, and you know, but That's then at great. the end of the day, you have to be happy and it has to be rewarding to me. And while I was sitting there, because I've done 6,500 6, shows, you know, over the course of my life. I, yeah. There's not much more stand-ups going to do for me personally, you know, to feed me, you know, and but I go, I get more joy out of writing something for them and yeah. watching them get a laugh, and I was just a smile on my face sure. and and every day, so you know, but it was getting in there and learning that you know what our conscious minds are under full assault these days. You know, you guys have a podcast, you know, like Melinda said, her mailman has a podcast. Everybody's delivering information. We can't listen if we shut down when you go. But humor breaks through the conscious into sure. the subconscious where every long-term memory, every feeling, every belief, it's everything lives there. Perfect so, sense. you know, so what a commodity. And now, because I've spent the last three years, it's a real commodity in business that people want. I mean, there was not even a category humor training. I had to right. steal it from other places. Yeah. Now people are budgeting humor training money because sure. it improves the customer experience. It helps the salespeople. Millennials... Don't, you know, and then you realize that this is also a public speaking gig. And, you know, in, in two years from now, email's not going to exist. Our, our email's not going to be video. So entrepreneurs need this skill set. And, uh, and, and like I said, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Yannick. He's been a true advocate for what I do and uh, at the highest level, you know. I mean, when you talk about Richard Branson, yeah. and then, then I start picking up some, some and, and there's been a lot of comedians, and you know this too. They couldn't get any laughs in a comedy club, but they were kind of had a business background, so they ran to the business world, and they're going to mm -hmm. teach you how, how humor can take away stress and this and that. But they're doing it at such – I go C-suite. You know, I mean, I go – the only way my science is going to work and companies are going to embrace this is if I go right at, at the top because mm -hmm. some middle-level manager, it's too easy for them to say no. So mm -hmm. I go, but it's – it's very easy for them to say no because, you know, if it if it wasn't real and it didn't they didn't see ROI, they wouldn't invest in it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I've been really strategic and two thousand eighteen was about proof of concept and, and two thousand nineteen was about, you know, taking it to the next level and, and two thousand twenty is gonna be about scaling it. So it's a community. Yeah, it's a community. Um, hey, you better. If you, who gets to go daddy first? Hey, you know? hey. um, you can have well, that. Man. I mean, a commodity though implies that it's a like an onion, and yeah. an onion is you know worth as much as this other other onion, and you're really providing a much bigger value than that. And and sometimes you're so gifted you don't even realize 
the gifts you have. I know sometimes right. you do because you're not you're yeah. not as modest about that. You're like, I, no, only no, I no. can do this shit. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but you really do have the gift, way. and that's from you know the Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours right. thing yeah. that he's yeah. really coined. Yeah. And but I always feel like yes. there's these amazing like things that we saw originally as kids that that you can be like, oh, that's why I was attracted to this, and all these things mm-hmm. coming together. Mm-hmm. And to me, that it's actually symbolic that it was blown up twice. Yeah, because it means yeah. that you're able to now take take it to a different spot and it's yeah. not a commodity it's it's really something totally unique that, that you're able to to pull together yeah and i'm you know i don't i don't even know what you and i connected 13 years ago obviously and stayed in touch but i don't even know why i was like hey matt will you help me you know write this thing and you continue yeah. to support me and help me there too so yeah. it just really worked out and as you grew i grew yeah. you know he used to put on these and yannick has mm. an amazing programs he takes groups of people to necker island and you know and they they, they mm. get to hang out with richard branson mm. there and uh uh so but when we first started he was doing these these seminars that was you know a certain level of entrepreneur and mm-hmm. and so we've kind of grown together and and uh but you yeah, but you helped you me know. write some of the opening sequences for that. For and, those, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, if I could add a little bit of humor and comedy to an opening of a seminar or an event, it mm. just goes a huge way. And then, you know, as you're talking about, like, so we always do a Q&A with yeah. Richard on our trips. And, and so I want to add, we have a good, he has a great sense of humor. We have fun together. I mean, we did a Q&A in mermaid tales once yeah. where because it's all about so like ocean fun. conservation. Yeah. And so, yeah. so we brought out, we brought out mermaid tales to him and one to me. And he gets it on, and uh, and so we get in there, sit in the mermaid tails, and he's like, he's like, come on, he's like, you know, get get the top off too, you know, we're going all the way, yeah. And uh, I'm like, fine. And so we're doing our very serious Q and A in mermaid tails, and we've worked in lemur suits before, and yeah. everyone will remember that. I, you know, you so think about good. this. Think about if you think back to your schooling. <laughs> yeah, you need to see yeah. a photo of it. I yeah. know. If you think back to your schooling, who are the teachers? that you remember mm-hmm. it isn't the smartest teacher no it isn't the one that gave you the best grade or the strictest it's the funny teacher absolutely yeah if you think about the best dates you ever had in your life i'll bet you humor you oh we laughed or whatever yeah. right i mean maybe you did something cool or whatever or, or there was something sweet that happened but usually it's like oh i laughed and that connected and, you know, if you think about weddings you've been to, you know, oh, my God, the the preacher or the officiant was so funny or the, the best man speech or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you don't remember, yeah. gosh, that was a, a really solemn and proper best man speech. Yeah. That thing's got to be funny, joker. right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so my point being that neurology aside mm-hmm. – uh, I think it, it seems so clear that you're both really recognizing that, that, that this this is whether it's a commodity or not. Oh, it, it's it's absolutely foolish, in in my opinion, for any seasoned entrepreneur to be ignorant sure. of this tool. Yeah. yeah, it really would be irresponsible. It's, it's like I say, in the case of a tie, the funnier person is going to win, and and that's a weird yeah, thing because. You know, in, in, in society, the better looking person might win or this or that. But on a human level, you know, it's what we're drawn to because it it it's, it, 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 it checks so many, you know, boxes in, <laughs> in human behavior that, uh, you know, so 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 when I say entrepreneurs, they're already spending more to accomplish less. Yeah. You, know? you know what makes yeah. me think of, I swear to God, this is so weird. It makes me think of American Idol contestants, mm-hmm. Clay Aiken and Ruben Stutter. <laughs> now, Ruben won. Yeah. They're both incredible singers mm-hmm. but clay was more colorful yeah more interesting and would like him or not not the point funny entertaining wild and guess who we remember more and ultimately who's had a really a bigger career yeah and yeah. has got a lot more screen time it's been yeah. the runner-up yeah, yeah. Runner up. yeah you know and i saw and, him on broadway there you, know? you go so yeah. and my my point to me you know i'll i'll, I'll just 
circle back to Clay Aiken, Ruben Stutter all the way. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, to me, that's it's it's you'll remember yeah. the the runner up. Yeah. You know, um, well, I think uh, where people get in trouble about this is that they all you know they've watched comedy, the so like I think yeah. I know it's funny, so I can be funny. No, and and uh, it's like I was listening to uh, a friend of mine last night telling us about a terrible best man speech. He said that you know the ones they remember are the funny ones. It was a terrible one where they thought they were roasting the the groom but it's really just like mean stuff Ooh, no 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 right Ooh. and so they don't know what is funny yeah. they think they know and just yeah. like marketing when i used to teach marketing everyone yeah. has an opinion on what's good advertising yeah. or marketing but they don't know the science of, mm. of yeah. it truly yeah. well that's the it's funny that you mentioned that because the first thing i teach my entrepreneur clients is that what you think is funny doesn't matter to me no it's what because to me now after this many years and doing this it's just math to me what are the variables how do i assess them how do i make the best choices how do i find one word to do the job of 20 all these things go into it and it's what i know about this audience that i can make the right choice to make them laugh Mm -hmm. because what i'm trying to do is is engage them Mm -hmm. so if you think you know but i wouldn't teach that to a stand-up comedy student i would go screw it it's art to you do what you're going to do and you will will build an audience you know you will find an audience that way they'll find you yeah Yeah. you know right but, but learn it, it I'll explain it later. You know, yeah, you know. But in this, if we, if it, 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 let's figure out, you know, about about if it's a group of realtors, and we know that, you know, and I teach them. I created a concept called crowd fusing, which is yeah. something that allows you to take control of an audience. So yeah. I never perform for three hundred people. I perform for one being of energy. So there's things mm-hmm. that you can do, and and that, and then I teach them all fuse where they walk up on stage. It's kind of like when they did the callbacks to other people's sets and why those things. Uh, yeah. got such big laughs because it's a situational fuse. The audience, you're creating something special in front of them. And, you know, and they, they do their responses. I'm privileged to so see this better. unique, yeah. this unique version. Because it'll never happen again. Never happen oh, again. I, I mean, the callback to Kevin just you know, killed yeah, when yeah, I was in the yeah, meditation yeah. video. Which is good. when you should have ended, as as they said. But, uh, but, but <laughs> and, and if you were a comic, you would have known that. Because you would have be, but there somebody's paying you to be funny, and here, okay. here they. But it's funny when the first time I went on stage, you know, thirty some odd years ago, the, I called up the club at the open mic, and I said, "How much time can we do?" And the guy goes, "You can do 10. And I'm like, "Oh shit, I don't even have three. Right. I go, but so I practiced ten. Finally, the show ran long. Before I go on stage, he goes, "Hey, you can only do five now." I go, I don't know how to do five. I've been practicing ten, so I just barreled through, and <laughs> and like he's ended up flaming arrows, light. he's lighting yeah. me, <laughs> and uh, I did my whole ten minutes, and because I didn't know how to do five, so in a lot of ways they only know how to do this fifteen and twelve, and and like I said, ending on on a, on a big laugh, of course. Uh, because that content at the end where he's talking about his wife, if nothing else, it gets him laid more at home. I'm cool with that, you know? Especially for this. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that the, uh, the end? Is that the end? <laughs> <game? laughs> <laughs> Just get laid more. That's it. All right. Let's break for a moment. When we're back, a quick tip of the hat to Tina Fey and an improv game right after this. Woo-hoo. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. Before we play our improv game, a quick bit of housekeeping on this show we have our uh, appeal to tina fey in which we pray to the comedy gods in the hopes that someday (laughs) she will come on drive by send us a postcard give us a call anything go to the spa if we put the energy out to the universe you never know who will connect (laughs) with the spa exactly um and uh and that's that's all we ask so um please feel free to join us if the spirit moves you if not okay. uh, danielle and i will handle it but we're gonna just do a quick a five six seven tina, tina fey tina fey please tina uh, we love you tina fey tina. we will do anything tina. literally anything to have you on the show tina. comedy gods we please you, we love tina. you come uh, on the show I have a number. That was number. disturbing. That's <laughs> <laughs> like I could just text uh, her right now if you really, I really want. Close. I just want to say <laughs> I love you so yeah. much. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we conclude, it's a tradition on the show. We love to play an improv game with our guest. The the improv game that's come to me as I channel into the spirits here is one of our favorite games on the show, which is called What If. 
And uh, the idea is that you are uh, pitching something. It can be a TV series. It can be an ad campaign. It can be a movie idea. It can be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And it's two people pitching together. Or it, it can be uh, – you can be pitching together or you could be pitching the other person. And as you know, ideas – are always just a little better with some input. Mm-hmm. So the idea would be that, like, I could say, you know, what if this happened? And you go, my gosh, there's a piece of that I like, but I know how I can make it better. What if mm-hmm. we kept part of it, but we did this that made it different? You say, well, I love what you did with that. And we definitely should keep that part. But what if we did this? And what you end up with in the end is nothing like what you started <laughs> with. So Daniel mm-hmm. and I will... Mm-hmm. will uh, Demonstrate. Okay. And then I will invite the two of you to play with each other. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if that's okay. Are you willing to give this a shot? Absolutely. Sure. All right. So what we'd love from you is a suggestion of the kind of pitch mm-hmm. uh, that we are making, Okay. Uh, whatever that may be. Well, we're entrepreneurs. Why not a Shark Tank pitch? A Shark Tank pitch. Great. And give us a word that we need to work in as part of the... The pitch. Or, yeah, yeah, it's suggestion. Puppetry. Puppetry. Fantastic. Hi, welcome to my office. All right. Thank you so much, Daniel, for the opportunity. You're here on Shark Tank. Look up. I'm, I'm looking up. Thank I'm looking you. Up, I promise. Very so, good. I, I have one word for you. Okay. Puppetry. I've heard of it. I. That's We are so off to a good start. Puppetry is the future uh-huh. of business. And I would like to propose oh. that we put on a puppetry show built for executives so they can imagine what their businesses will look like through an advanced puppet show. And they will Uh be able to actually imagine their business in motion where all of their future strategic partners and employees are all puppets. Uh, And I call this Puppet Universe. It's not a very imaginative name, but... No, I'm it's sure, not. No, this is what I came with. It's very much not an imaginative name, but it's okay. Uh, what if it takes place on a desert island? Like we work the bachelor into Interesting. it. Interesting. Interesting. So bachelor puppets, bachelor entrepreneur puppets. What do you think? I love this idea because I think it really gets a chance for puppets to meet other puppets and choose who they want to be a puppet with. Yeah, yeah. So what if, like, you know, there's, like, sand and a beach? Okay, I love this idea. So uh-huh. it's a beach. It's it's the bachelor theme for, for puppetry and business. There's just one thing. I, I feel like... I feel sh- like it's perfect. Why? It should be animals. <laughs> animals involved for sure because puppets and animals, I think, are things that, that oh, go together okay. really, really well. So I think what we call it – and what I love is animals represent the, the 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 unexpected and unpredictable aspects of the entrepreneurial journey. So you yeah. have a perfect puppet show happening in walks, uh, a, 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 a woodchuck. Yep. Anything can happen. <laughs> okay. Right. And it's like metaphorical of like the shit you can go through because the animals are pooping everywhere. No question. Right? So what if the the at the end, you know, we have this like this entrepreneur, this empowerment, all this. I'm thinking, what if it's hosted by say Nicole Kidman? Welcome, Um I think it's good. Not only do I love that, especially because she's a little unpredictable. Is Um, she? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It's predictable she'll be in something. Yes. You just don't know what she'll be in It's predictable she looks like she's very young. It's scary. Uh I I love it. Okay. But what if, Mm -hmm. in addition to Nicole Kidman, Mm -hmm. we found a way to bring Richard Simmons back out from obscurity? Oh, I thought you were going to say back from the dead. He's alive. No, he's alive. Right. From from hidden obscurity. Well, keep him obscure. Yep. No, he can be obscure, but he should okay. be present. Great. And the reason I say this is I think this reintroduces the unexpected component. So I think there's- I'm just, sold. We're really no puppets anymore. It's really uh, just yeah, Nicole Kidman, the Nicole good, Kidman good. Richard Simmons, and some animals. Good. Good. And what if it's the dead of winter? I think we're done. Okay, done. <laughs> done. I think the new name is um, 
<laughs> the dead of winter. <laughs> yeah, winter is coming. Winter is coming. Uh, All right, so uh, wow, okay, we're good. done. That's it. So <laughs> we're usually long-winded. So Richard uh, Gere, his name has not been mentioned. Oh, Richard, Richard Simmons. Oh, was Richard Simmons? Or yeah. Richard no, I was saying yeah, Richard Simmons. Yeah, but no, Richard oh, Gere, no, hey. I think it's the woodchuck that threw you. <laughs> oh, I think. Well, there you go. <laughs> I do have a puppet infomercial oh, pitch I need gosh. to give you as a oh, puppet fan. That was that's funny. a later on. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a whole other show right oh, there. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Um, All right, so um, why don't you give them a yeah? Because we of both pitch. kind of pitch. Oh, a type of pitch. Sure. I can't think of anything right now. I'm thinking like a I don't know like a science project at a school. Like I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Help me. Okay. Um, well, how about this? How about uh, a an advertising campaign pitch? Okay, that's great. Thank you. Okay, an advertising campaign. About a science project. And the word is. Or so advertising campaign. Okay, so the word is science project mm-hmm. that you need to work in somehow. Okay. And it's an advertising pitch, mm-hmm. and one of you is pitching the other. Yeah. So well, since it's science, I think you're the pitcher. Take, well, I thought you were the scientist, yeah, no. the humor scientist. Well, Take it yeah, away. but but you were all the microbacteria, <laughs> so uh, which will make sense later on. And you're pitching me the teacher, okay. I guess, or the ad. I'm the ad. You're the ad. You're the, yeah. the ad. The ad guy. All right. So imagine this: we have a campaign. Okay. There are science experiments that are going on for kids every single day of the week. Mm-hmm. Monday, they have to do an ocean experiment. Tuesday, water. Wednesday, something with animals. Thursday, Friday, you get it. Another mm-hmm. one is ants. It keeps going. It keeps going. Mm-hmm. And what is happening is that this ad campaign is the result of these experiments. Some are good. Some are bad. And then people are engaged on sh- social media. Hashtag science experiment. Ooh. I love it. I love it as a campaign. I think it's engaging. It involves kids. But what if it wasn't kids and they were porn stars? Because, you know, literally, you know, porn stars would be more interesting than kids. And, you know, they're basically walking Petri dishes. So we could just basically scrape something off of them, put it in the Petri dish, see what grew. And, you know, we could go on from there. So it would be everything that grows Monday, everything that grows Tuesday, Wednesday, and they see what happens with that science experiment. But what if it was not every day? We did it every month. Because then the transformation, you'd come back and there would really be something growing. On a daily basis, it would... Um, but the reveal of what would be there on a monthly basis could be even more interesting. And, and what if it wasn't porn stars, but it was aliens? Now you have me intrigued. Now I thought, yes, yes, right? Now we really got something. And and what if it wasn't science experiments, but it was aliens doing porno? How about that? So what if it was just... I don't know how you didn't decide that's the campaign. (laughs) Go go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just like, I'm sold. (laughs) Because they'd have nine penises, you know, if he's fishing. Yeah, well, well, right. That's good. Well, what? (laughs) I think you're right. That that's the campaign. (laughs) That's it. I didn't mean to shut you off. I was just like, no, and scene. Yeah. (laughs) Very good, guys. Very nice. Thank you very much. Oh my, that was fun. We love playing this game. You never know what's going to come out of it. How? God, I I feel just terrible shutting this conversation down because I I feel like there's another 12 dimensions we could talk about but um and two very funny guys matt how can people follow the things that you're doing and yep. connect with you if if they want to learn more about how they can get involved uh they can go to they and mm. uh, stand up challenges on there the coaching programs the corporate training uh or community.com yeah yeah well, well, I, I love that i love that uh and uh you know we'll be at caroline's again on january 13th so if you're in new york city hopefully you'll come back out i have a new group and they basically every two months i, I run a new program it's like a and, science experiment uh, you see which you know, ones, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i think yannick is coming back because uh you know he's uh got, you know and i always like to bring back one alumni mm-hmm. and they start off the show because nobody ever really wants to follow me um so they, yeah. it's almost like they follow each other mm-hmm. and and uh you know i'm throwing a newbie like that so yeah they left you and uh uh also i'm on linkedin and and facebook and and uh instagram i just got on instagram because the kids great. you know the kids told me it was great so. uh, <laughs> by the way uh, quickly how did you get caroline's roped in on this and the reason i'm, I'm mm-hmm. asking the question is uh, in particular was i understand they could sell tickets i understand that um 
people will buy their two drink minimum and their food and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But uh, and their co check. But uh, you know, like last night, for example, ticket sales being donated. Yeah. And with the people in the audience, not I'm sorry, the people on stage not necessarily being quote name comedians, yeah. you know, the place was not as full as it might be for yep. a regular show. Yep. How, how does Caroline's justify this as a business model? Uh, I pay him six thousand dollars. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, you, yeah, you basically yeah. buy also the place. Also, it's a Monday room. night. It's like, okay. you know, for okay. com, you know, I rent the room. That's the yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Okay, that's what. <laughs> and it's a Monday night too. Yeah, yeah but still, I was no, just... no, no. It's like a corporate event in terms of that. So and that then, makes sense. That's the answer. Okay, great. Thanks. All right, and Yannick. Yeah, uh, so if people are high-level entrepreneurs, they can get a hold of me at maverick1000.com. Mm-hmm. They can check out my blog at yannicksilver.com, Y-A-N-I-K. And I actually just came out with a new something called the Cosmic Journal. It's coming out very soon. Cool. Uh, I call it your galactic instruction manual that you were missing when you were born to fulfill your destiny here. And it's uh, all my own drawings, pictures, some of the uh, interesting stuff about the universe and about yourself. And uh, that's at cosmicjournal.com. Such a pleasure to have you guys here. Uh, you're both such funny, accomplished guys, inspiring guys, and uh, and really appreciate it. And I love the fact that you couldn't be more different, and yet what connects you is humor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and an entrepreneurial spirit, obviously. So And the lack of height that they can't see at home. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Vertically challenge is my preference. Well, term. <laughs> People, you know, I could, more kind of, grounded. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. uh, better yeah. sense of. Uh, yeah. And of, tall people don't live as long, so you know we're going to be around forever. So there you go. Good, yeah. But it's great when you when you're not around, you'll be yeah. closer to the ground. It'll be an easier trip. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is all kidding aside. Congratulations to both of you on a great night last Thank night you. and and completing the journey for you, Yannick. And, yeah, it was um, fun. And I uh, wish you both well. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Until next time, uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We we really do appreciate it. Love to you, Elsie. And uh, until we see you again for Ms. Daniel Beckman. What a treat. What a treat. I'm Mark Rako. You're the treat, Danielle. Thanks. Bye-bye. And uh, hey, stay fun. That's it? That's the end of the show? Boy, oh boy, what a crock. This was Funny People Talking. Copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.